Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Squarespace. My name is Yasmin Evian, and joining me we have Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hey guys. Hey Yasmin. Hello. I'm glad to be here representing the Eastern European uh, uh, Slavic uh, part of the of cultural bandwidth. I don't know what what areas you guys are playing claim to, but well, this is awkward because I'm also East, Eastern European, but I can claim to be Australian at any time. The accent uh, gets me out of the line. Wait, wait, okay, wait a minute. So, were were you invited as the Slavic token, or <laughs> I always thought I was invited as a Slavic token? Do we have? Did we screw up when we got two Slavic yeah, tokens? Because we, I, I know the fa- face, Facebook traffic is favoring the Slavs. Well, everything is favoring the oh, Slavs, man. really. It's the uh, you know, it's the group of people that, that do best in the world, and the problem is they're so they're so successful that they're so hard to get hold of that we really had to push the Slavic angle hard, and then we accidentally got two of us. I mean, it, it's awkward, but yeah. it happens. <laughs> well, actually, I don't want to burst your bubble. But I'm uh, from Eastern Descent, too. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Russian podcast. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Today, we talk about uh, Putin. He's very good. <laughs> I'm here to read this list of seemingly random numbers. <laughs> I... And then a series of colors. <laughs> Let me just say there are people in Nova Scotia that are Russian right now, but they do not know it yet. <laughs> right away, surprise. When you hear loud noises. <laughs> oh man, awesome! <laughs> so I'm sorry. Uh, this, this, so this is the Google. Po- okay, this it. is the Google sorry. Podcast. Wrong podcast. And, guys. and 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 it's hosted on the Relay FM network. And I have to tell you some exciting news. This is our eighth episode, uh, which means it's Woo! which actually means <laughs> it's the one year anniversary of uh, Relay FM being formed. And see what they did is they had to lay the groundwork first. You know, they had all these other shows that they launched with. And once they were comfortable that this was a thing that was going to go forward permanently, they're like, right, let's let's get a Google podcast on board. You know, we need we need the quality topics. You know, we've 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 tried a few other things, you know, here and there. It's worked all right, but you know, we need the big guns. So that's why they brought us in, and that's that's really the uh, the story behind material. That's how I remember it, anyway. I'm, I'm sure Mike will back me up as long as we don't <laughs> ask him. Yeah, Mike and Stephen might have a different uh, version of the story, but. <laughs> Um, we, we are still the number one Google podcast on Relay, though. I, I'm proud, proud of those numbers. I, 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 I got to say that I, I signed on board with different. I, I thought I was, I thought it was really in writing on coattails mode. <laughs> uh, I really wasn't looking forward to being one of the big guns of any project. I was, I thought that you know I'm normally you know microwaving a hot pocket at this time uh, every week, and if I could be, <laughs> you know, generating clicks during that time. Without typing. Yeah, I mean, you do also get to stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, you've got the Mike Hurleys and Jason Snells in the world. If you can just, you know, they're, they're quite tall people. If you can get up on their shoulders, you're just that a little bit taller. It's good work. But no, in all seriousness, congratulations to Relay. Uh, one year is a really awesome achievement. I remember um, vividly the, the day Mike told me he was quitting his job and going full time. He was, he was super excited and uh, very nervous, as I remember it. But it's, it's all panned out. Or, or so I think. We haven't actually received any checks yet. I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. there, there actually is money in this somewhere. It's it's all going to Mike and Steve. Well, maybe. we 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 do, we do get complimentary stickers. That's true. So that if true. you That's so I don't I don't know about you. I have been like b- uh, paying the shipping on like thousands of these and then putting them on eBay and undercutting the official <laughs> Relay.fm. I've, I've I've I'm I'm doing okay. I'm not uh, I'm not saying that I'm upgrading my standard of living, but I'm we're, yeah, I'm if doing. If you go okay to eBay.com/slash definitely not Andy and Artco, you you might find some Relay stickers there. <laughs> Hey, I, I got some my, uh, I my some Warby Parkers out of it, so <laughs> it works out. 
Thank you, listeners, for voting on what your uh, favorite uh, sunglasses were for me. That was that was a little fun that we had. <laughs> yeah, I love that it was, there was no consensus. That's the amazing thing about the internet. Everyone has an opinion, yeah. and they're all different, so make up your own mind. <laughs> exactly. That's, <laughs> I'm just going to close my eyes and pick one of the colors because I think it, it was like 50-50. Although, you know, yeah, black was winning by a long, a long slide, and then brown started, started to make a comeback, so, so we'll see at the end. Go if go mm. vote for what your favorite sunglasses for me is. Um, <laughs> Covering all the important topics in the universe. Topics in the beginning. What color sunglasses should Yasmin wear? Yeah. So Android M, we have an official name. It's going to be drum roll. Marshmallow. Hey. Marshmallow, as we say in New England. So we're ready to make some s'mores. I'm excited. Um, wait, wait, wait. They, what, they had a f- what are you making? <laughs> S'mores. s'mores is that like where you get more and you add an s what the heck is a s'more <laughs> that'd be s single quote m-o-r-e that's when you take two two graham crackers you get a half of a hershey's chocolate bar ready you put that on one of the graham crackers you toast a marshmallow preferably in an open flame that your little brother or little sister is terrified of and so therefore you get to have their marshmallows once it's toasted all gooey inside you squish it between the two graham crackers and you have a gooey sugary snack and now a, a sugar hyper excited kid playing around an open flame with a stick that is now pointed because oh, it was in a fire it. and then afterwards when your mouth is all full you're like mm, i want more i need more and that's where the name came from oh you do want you do want s'more after after having chocolate and I, I've I've also made there's the I forget what they're calling it now the the Girl Scout cookie they used to call a Samoan. Uh, you can make s'mores with two Samoan cookies and a marshmallow, and that's like I, I passed in lieu of getting a physical. I ate a couple of those. I did not go into a diabetic coma, and therefore that's how I know I don't have diabetes because that will kill you if you. <laughs> well, we do not have s'mores in Australia. I'm going to have to corner the market on this exclusive. You do have poisonous spiders. That's true. You put those. You put those between a cracker and eat them, and then see what happens. So it's not. It's so like you know, God, God has gifted every culture. You know that, that no one has. No one has been left out. See, I, that I, I'm, it's into this. So, that, so they're keeping the candy like motif one by one by one. I but the, so uh, one of the ways that uh, this news came out was. Of course, the traditional new fiberglass, like mini putt putt golf style statue appearing on the Google campus of what is obviously the Android uh, droid holding a big marshmallow. But there's also an icon version of it in that sort of modern 2015. We can't put gloss on things, and we want things to be flat, but we have to have some sort of contouring and shading just to make it look like we're earning our keep. But the problem is that by flattening the marshmallow, it looks like the droid has a pillow in its hands, and it looks like he's coming after you to <laughs> smother you in your sleep. <laughs> that, that, I, I swear to God, that was like my first impression when this came up in twitter i'm thinking that there's someone commits they're like ars technica or somebody like commissioned a piece of artwork like <laughs> android android proves to, to to smother competition in quarterly three uh, samsung sales and, so, and unfortunately now that i've seen it that way i can't not see it that way so that's 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 my burden. That's good. Well, I've got to tell you, as a developer, what would happen is um, with Lollipop, you'd plug your phone in to do the USB debugging thing, and this little picture would appear, which I think was meant to be um, like a Lollipop version of an Android. So you had the stick and you had the little Android head on top, 
But all it looks like is, you know, one of those scenes from those movies where someone's impaled the head of the android guy <laughs> on top of a stick. And I'm like, that is brutal. <laughs> brutal, Google. And I, I just can't unsee that now that I, I see it every day. Scary thoughts. What are they doing with those androids? Those poor, <laughs> poor robots. Every, every time a developer plugs it in somewhere, an android dies. Yeah. See, that's, see, that's the problem. It's like the, the smile is like something that we're imprinting upon it because it's actually just a seam between the dome and the body. And I, well, maybe I'll, I'll admit that maybe the reason why I was seeing the being smothered by a pillow thing, I'm, I'm having a problem that maybe a lot of people who are listening to the show are having where I can't update apps uh, on my phone because I keep getting an error 194, where it'll just like cycle, 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 and then time out and say, sorry, error 194. And I've tried all the stuff you usually try when you're having a problem with the Google Play Store, where you go into apps, you go into the Google Play uh, tile for that app uh, for the app tile, you clear the cache, you clear, uh, you clear settings, and basically you start with a fresh thing. That's not happening. There's, a, there's an open support thing on Google support blog Saying from two months ago, saying yes, we've certainly heard about this, and we're going to be uh, looking at this and uh, bookmark this uh, this this QA thing because we'll when we figure it out, we'll let you know. And it's like, no, I want to know what the answer is. And now, and I'm having the, the worst thing is that my my uh, my mobile banking app will not run because it's out of date. I, I launch and say, I'm sorry, you must <laughs> update this app. Oh, no. And so, and it's it's like. And it's not a problem for me because I've got nothing but copies of phones in my office. And so I'm going, I'm fetching my, I'm fetching my iPhone and I'm downloading the, the mobile banking app because I need to like send some money internationally. Uh, and it's like, okay. And I'm downloading and updating it saying, what, what happens if you don't have a whole second phone in the house and you don't have a SIM card extraction tool and your SIM card is not provisioned to run on multiple carriers and multiple <laughs> operating systems? It's like I would have to now like be driving to an actual bank to make things happen. Oh, okay, oh, okay, fine. I'd, I'd have to open up my laptop or whatever. But still – it's like what what if what if I what if I were a diabetic? What if I have an app that controls my insulin pump and it will not it will not it will not control my insulin until I update the app? Now you've got a one nine four that is actually smothering me in my sleep. It's like it's like I, I, I <laughs> love Android. I prefer I prefer it to iOS, but this sort of stuff drives me buggo because it it doesn't happen all the time, but Never, ever, ever on the iPhone have I ever had a problem where, hi, we're not going to allow you to update any apps because of an error that we know very well about and we've known about it for a couple of months, but we've decided it's okay for people not to be able to update any of their apps. <laughs> I, I hate to Nexus spoil this for too. you, Andy, but I've been running the, the betas of iOS 9 and they have a very similar issue. So your app gets like 95% of the way to install and then it's like, meh, I've installed enough. I'm just going to sit here. And so now you can't even launch the app. Uh-huh. Okay, well, it's a beta. Okay, it's a beta. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't I worry. repeat, it's a beta. There's a re- there's a reason why there's a reason why the word beta starts with the letter B. It reminds you of the word beta. It's a mnemonic device, Russell. <laughs> ah, all this time I thought it was a Greek letter. Turns out it's a mnemonic device. I like it. But <clears throat> I got to say, as a developer, super excited about um, Android M. There's some really nice APIs that we just finally got hold of yesterday because. They basically ship the final feature complete version. So there's a whole bunch of developers right now kind of losing sleep because they finally get to play with, um, you know, the final version of all the stuff they promised us. And it's it's been really cool. There's a whole bunch of, you know, code that we'll be able to take out and basically replace with Google's code. And that's that's kind of exciting. I mean, this is not an Android developer show, so <laughs> I'm not going to go on about it. But 
Woo! Good what the hell are you doing here, Russell? <laughs> <laughs> so, does this uh, latest uh, beta have the like the Google Now Now on tap? You know what? I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure they said that they're not giving that to us until basically launch day. So I think that's a server side thing that they just okay. just kind of flick on because that that will be exciting to see. Yeah, that's that's what I'm most excited to uh, play with. And finally get my events from, you know, my text messaging app and just have them scheduled without having to actually manually input it <laughs> into the Google Calendar app. Living so the dream. I'm excited for that. Yeah, the future <laughs> is almost here, except for I have no idea when Motorola will actually give me Android M. So <laughs> you guys just can tell me how fun it is on your Nexus devices. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Yasmin, the, the Moto X starts shipping in two weeks. So you're just going to have to buy a new phone. That, that's how you get software updates in the Android world. Make it happen. I need to make a marshmallow and accidentally, a, a s'more, you know, and as I'm roasting the marshmallow, accidentally dropped my Moto X in there. I think that's a perfect plan. <laughs> Ho- hopefully my husband doesn't hear that, you know, this this show until like after that happens. So he won't know what that I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be one of those really comical things like in those ads where they're trying to say, do you do this all the time? What? Do, do, do. Oh, <laughs> no, I dropped it in the fire. Yeah, uh, my life is like one of those comical commercials. I've, uh, <laughs> you know, before I had my Android Wear watch, I like twisted my ankle and I fell down and I was like one of those commercials where it was like, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's my Android Wear watch that hasn't been announced yet to rescue me? Because my phone like happened to not be in my pocket at that time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, did you guys see the the Google's human shaped robot took its first walk? It's like a toddler walking around. Uh, it's a really cute video. Um, it's from uh, Boston Dynamics, and they they gave us an update on kind of like what their robots are doing. And they have this uh, other really cute one that's kind of shaped like like a dog. And they've taught it to open door handles, which is like, really creepy. Uh, so you know, maybe next time you'll be sitting in in your house, and uh, there'll be a cute little uh, robot dog that will come into your house and open the door because they've taught it how to do that. I, I, what do you guys think about like human shaped robots? Like the, the, the Boston dynamic one is, it's kind of creepy because it looks like it could totally take you out, you know? (laughs) Well, not, not, not in this video. It's like, I, I couldn't help but think of that. You ever, you ever see a movie by the Coen brothers called Miller's Crossing? No. Where there's a, there's a key scene in which there's like, you know, I wouldn't even call it a showdown in the middle of a forest. But clearly, this is the moment where the person who's going to get shot and killed knows he's going to get shot and killed by this person. And they know that there's no way out of this. And he gets shot, but not quite killed. And so he's stumbling through the forest as the killer is just sort of patiently just sort of walking behind him because, well, he's not going to get anywhere, and certainly not when he's been shot. And I couldn't help. It looked like somebody's walking (laughs) unsteadily who has a vector in mind, but their body will not allow them to follow that vector steadily and precisely. And I couldn't help but thinking, oh my God, this poor robot, he's about to get the headshot in about... <laughs> and then Gabriel Byrne is about to end this person really, really quickly. And that's that reminds me of one of the problems of making appliances that look like human, or, or at least have enough similarity to human beings that we can sort of imprint our emotions upon them, it's going to get really hard to abuse these machines. 
I mean, just <laughs> especially this adorable long neck creature that timidly approaches a door and nuzzles the handle and twists it, and then it looks like he's happy he's managed to open the door, and then and then pushes it open with his head. Whereas, again, like the, like this afternoon trying to update that app, I had to remind myself that <laughs> you know this is this is not an expensive phone, but it is a three hundred fifty dollar Nexus phone, and also it will cost me money to fix the wall if I actually do throw it at the wall as hard as I want to. But at no point was I thinking. But God, what an inhuman monster I would be to take this adorable device and want to cause harm to come to it. There, there was there's a previous video of, uh, from Boston Dynamics where they're showing how wonderful how wonderful their stability software is, where they have like the the, the four legged like dog uh, the, the 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 dog robot, and to show how stable it is, like the engineers would like walk up to it and just like place their foot against its hindquarters, just give it, like a let not a not a play, <laughs> place kicking kick, but just boot it, boot it in the in the back, and it stumbles 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 stumbles, then regains its confidence, and you're like, why are you kicking that adorable <laughs> robot dog? You- Bastard! Don't do that. I, I got to say, the only uh, human-shaped robots I find acceptable. Have you? Have either of you seen the Robot World Cup? Uh, Australia won this year, by the way. Again, this, what can oh, I this, say? This, the, the football. Yeah, but oh, sorry, the <laughs> football World Cup. The the cool thing about it is they're probably a third of the size of a normal human being. They're they're basically even smaller than kids, and they're adorable. These little things are just like shuffle, 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 kick, <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I'm like, oh, you know, the, the combination of it being so tiny and so awkward just makes it so adorable. Like if those things were life-size, I think it would be scary. <laughs> yeah, I think the the creepy thing about the like the one, the Boston Dynamic one is that it's uh, it's looks like it's pretty big. And I think the size is what's intimidating to me. Like if that thing fell on me, I would not be able to take that off. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to call the koalas to come help me because I think... I think well, and it's also not that stable, so it looks like it's going to just topple o- over you. <laughs> so one other, one other question that I had: I've assembled the foremost uh, Google experts in the world in one room, so we should probably ask this now: Is why on earth is Google working on robots? Like I, I never understood the purchase, you know, of the co- the companies that they've made in robotics, and they definitely have a you know an entire robotics division. Like what? What do you think the future of that is? It's it's a good party game to try to think of any non-evil applications of this sort of <laughs> robot technology. It's it's hard. I mean, there's there's the obvious stuff where it, there in hazardous situations, the military, police, fire, you need to be able to send in something that doesn't care that it's 500 degrees and radioactive and things are on fire and that there are pictures of uh, celebrities whose work they don't approve of, uh, but. Yeah, it's it. This is where Google is such a is a unique company where there is nothing potentially that they are not interested in doing, and so you start to think of what couldn't you bolt onto a platform like that, and is it really? At some point, they're going to. I want we want to map this part of the world. We are just just like a shepherd brings like a flock of of sheep to to a golf course to mow you know to cut to cut the grass. Is it going to be a job in ten years that a truck comes in? You this, this engineer takes out these two dozen like Google robots who are then let loose on this pasture or in this 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 water environment to map and contour every feature of this property, and then he, a robot border collie is sent out herds the here's the sheep robots back, <laughs> and they somehow get to monetize all this information. Yeah, uh, that kind of makes sense, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like flying robots would do. Do a much better job of that. Like, what what is the purpose of a robot that kind of walks around and you know looks like a dog or a human? Like, 
I just, I don't know. I don't see applications for it. Oh, it can go. It can go places that that dogs can go. Uh, human, uh, NASA's been NASA's been developing human shaped robots because there's a lot of stuff uh, on the International Space Station, for instance, that was designed to be serviced and maintained by people holding tools in hands. And so it's helpful to have a robot that can use those same tools and use those same techniques without jeopardizing a, a human life. But yeah, there's a and, and then there's then there's the idea that they've got so much damn money that they can just pursue ideas that they find interesting, uh, just because we can. How much does how much does this company cost? Do we have that much money in the checking account right now? Great, let's buy it. Let's have some fun. And then five years later, <laughs> if we if it turns out that we've got we've happened to have accidentally developed software we can put into self driving cars, all the better. But we will have great things for our CEO to show off at the at the developer conference next year that have nothing to do with. Well, here's an ID tag with a chip in it with an ID <laughs> on it. And if you have a phone with the right antenna on it, you'll be able to tag or as we call group tag things. We've got an API that we'd like to show you in the slideshow. No, no, you you want to say, let's well, let, let me show you our flock of self-digesting robotic sheep. Bring them in, boys. That's what you so, want. To so see I have about. an idea what they're going to do with the robots. Okay, so... Forget the self-driving car. They're going to create like an Uber, but for robots to give you piggybacks. Ooh. And they're going to carry you to wherever you go. So you can just say, send my human-shaped robot to give me a piggyback. I need to be at work <laughs> in five minutes. Run. Uh, piggyback wars <laughs> in the highway. I want this. I want this so bad. Now, how, how much extra would they charge to like let you put your like smartwatch on the robot so you get credit for the walking and the running? Oh, that's an extra fee. <laughs> you just strap your watch to it and you're like, go, 10-mile jog. in-app purchase. <laughs> and then you can show up to your friends. Look how healthy I am. <laughs> I like it. So one, one other massively exciting thing that I got unusually excited about is Google Hangouts. Uh, finally has an almost desktop app. So I read this article and it was all about, um, you know, it's got its own website now. I went to the website and I'm like, meh. It's on a website, like big, big deal. I can already get it as a Chrome extension. I've got it on my phone. What I've always wanted is some kind of like Mac app I can put it into. And then I discovered this little button in there. This little button looks like a computer monitor. I pressed it and boom, I now have Hangouts as a desktop app. So I've got all these people I talk to here. All my conversations are synced. You know, I can tap on them and it's in its own window. And I don't know what's, what's magical about having something in its own window, but I love it. I've wanted this for so long. I almost um, released my own Mac app that just did this, like with the web view in it. And now that this exists, I don't have to. Have you either of you seen it? It's yeah, it's really beautiful. Like the backdrop has uh, these like random pictures, kind of like the Chromecast is set up. That just gives you like a nice little uh, pleasant visual. And then it has like three buttons right up the right in your face that you can see. You can either make a video call, a phone call, or a message, which are the three most important things you can do in Hangouts. So I think they really tried to make it easy for you to just do what you need to do um, in the Google Hangouts. So I really like it. It's uh, pretty. I I don't know if I'm gonna actually use it because usually I have the like I do have the desktop, uh, the Chrome extension uh, extension. So I just have it on my desktop. But one of the things that's like a problem is when I'm at work and I'm using my my uh, work Google account. You know I don't I I'm not connected to that via Chrome. So I just use it in the inbox. Uh, thing so i don't know i'll I'll see it's really pretty but we'll see if i actually end up using it who who do you think they're like trying to reach with the with the website well i mean uh, 
a, uh, not only is the uh, is this an evil thing that we don't haven't understood yet, uh, one of the omnipresent questions about Google, but I think the other question that you always ask is that how does this help them fight Facebook in some way? And if they're, one of their enemies is, has got to be Facebook Messenger and any move that allows them to make, head, uh, to make uh, Hangouts or any of their messaging services easier to access and put them on more uh, on more hardware, you don't have to download anything, you don't have to install anything, you don't have to know about how plugins work, you just have to get this URL. And now you've got all these $80 uh, tablets that run Windows 10 that now have full support for uh, Google Hangouts. You know, remember that uh, for some reason, just uh, Microsoft modern apps, they're just totally, totally no interest from Google in, in supporting them. So this is a way for them to project Google services into Windows uh, modern apps without having to actually write modern apps for. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, culture. I think it's also it's exactly what Google tends to do. They they're always they have absolutely no uh, emotional investment in getting you to run their apps on any particular piece of hardware. They want it to run on every piece of hardware. And so if they have a web app uh, that can run on anything with a living, breathing browser and the ability to uh, make updates to that without having to go through app stores, that's got to be a win-win-win. Yeah. There's there's another piece of news that I was. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think of this as good news, uh, because uh, Project Ara, uh, the Project Ara phone that was supposed to get a limited pilot test in Puerto Rico, uh, they've canceled that. It is not going to be available for sale. They made a big deal about talking about how oh we're gonna have trucks that will sell them from trucks and components from trucks like food trucks, same place you get like a seven dollar grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, you can now buy a modular uh, phone from, and now it hasn't been canceled. It's, the, the project itself has been canceled, but they said they're not going to be able to do anything to consumer uh, to and for consumers until at least 2016. And I think they announced that uh, via Twitter uh, of all things. Um, and there are a couple of articles in the Wall Street Journal and uh, Forbes that were saying that one of the reasons is that they're having problems taking a lab experiment that works great in the lab and making it work in the real world. And you talk about uh, things as prosaic as what if it is, I mean, right here in Boston, it's evening and it is 90 degrees uh, and it's usually hotter than that in Puerto Rico. And it's like, what do you do? How do you deal? How do you make sure this thing will not overheat itself in the sort of heat that people tend to use phones in? Uh, And so uh, there must've been a lot of other industrial uh, questions about it, about, we can get this to snap, the modules to snap in and communicate and boot up the first few times. What happens when you you, you give people a set of Legos, they are just going to be taking bricks out and putting bricks in <laughs> just because, hey, look how cool it is to snap bricks together. So how many cycles can the CPU go through uh, before the frame doesn't work anymore and other things don't work anymore? So it's it's a complicated thing. It's real Jetson sort of stuff. The idea of having a phone that is sold in pieces and you buy the camera you want, you upgrade the CPU when you want to upgrade the CPU. If you're happy with the screen, you don't have to buy another screen. Uh, so they're finding that it's really a lot weirder than uh, than the, even they had originally planned. I'm I'm thinking about this as a good piece of news because. It would be so easy for them to say, okay, we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. We announced this years ago, and we were showing off pieces of plastic. It was only recently that under incredibly beneficial lab situations, we were able to allow a journalist watch these pieces snap together and boot up, not do anything after it boots, but at least actually boot up. And now we've had to basically cancel this well-ballyhooed pilot program. This would be the time in which they say, we tried 
we're going to shelve this for a while. The time is not right for us to do this. When instead, nope, we're, they're still committed to it. They've basically given a, a new lease on life and said, 2016, we're still working on this. So let's see if they actually ship it. But let's let's be glad that they had an opportunity, a real good opportunity to cancel this, but they didn't. <laughs> it's still coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. It definitely doesn't seem like a, a cancellation of the project. It seems like it's ongoing. And it just seems like they're trying to sort things out, which... I mean, that almost seems inevitable when you do something, you know, this ambitious and you've got so many different ways you can snap these things together and so many different conditions they can be in. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's almost inevitable that you sit down and you go, hmm, you know, if we had another six months, maybe we could actually figure this out a lot better so that when we do give it to people, it doesn't come straight back. <laughs> it doesn't fall apart as they're walking with their, uh, with their robot. <laughs> do, do you remember that with, the your, robots back? with your Nokia phone that back in the day? You used to drop it on the ground and it would disassemble itself into five pieces. So you'd have back case, <laughs> front case, battery, just all fall oh. out. And it never broke, never broke once. It's almost like it was designed to do that. You know, boom, boom, and then you click it back together and away you go. Yeah, can you imagine snapping all the components back into place <laughs> after you dropped it? Oh, that would be terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, even like hardware uh, manufacturing is hard in, into getting all these small components uh, into a small size phone, right? Um, but, you know, usually the hardware manufacturers are building it so that it stays in the structure that they created. And with Project Ara, it's like, here are all these different components and hopefully they stay put and you get to swap them after it's left our warehouse. So we have no control. I think it's... Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty hard um, industrial design uh, and engineering feat. So, I mean, the other thing I've always found interesting about this is when you get to lay out the entire insides of the phone, you can leave just the right amount of gaps between this and that and this and that. When you have to make individual components, then you have to put all those tolerances inside the component itself and the casing for that component. So I think overall, like you end up with something way more modular, but it must also inherently be more inefficient as well. You know, if every single one of these things has to have its own casing and its own uh, spacing and heat dissipation and all that sort of thing, it, you know, it means you get either get less components or you get a bigger phone. Like yeah, a- and on top and on top of everything else, you can't. Everything has to be fitted into a rectangular shape. You can't make something that is the shape of a piece of ZD if that's an efficient way to design this component and makes room for other things. And also remember that you have to have square in terms of square inches. Think of this as a slab of real estate, and you're trying to make best use of every single square millimeter of the real estate that you have. You open up a Samsung phone or an iPhone. There is not one millimeter wasted. There is not room for a logo on that board. They've got things packed in so tightly, components. But now you've got something that has to be about the size of an iPhone or a Galaxy S6, but it also has to have room for all of those rails internally uh, for that mounting system for all these little components. So, I I mean, you see, there, there is no part of this project that you think about that you don't immediately realize that oh wow that is a lot more complicated than anything else that was trying to make and, and all for a phone design that they haven't proven that anybody actually wants yet that's amazing <laughs> i was going to say i'm surprised they're pursuing this um how many people are interested in actually like get you know purchasing one of these and having it your be your main device um i'm sure there's a lot of people that are interested in just having one at least to play with because like who wouldn't it's like legos um, so I would be interested to, to get my hands on one of these devices and just have it for fun. But um, I don't know if it would be my, my main device. A big, a, a big problem that I have to be aware of 
in my own it, there's there's so many ideas that I just think these are cool ideas and these are wonderful and I I can so totally see the idea of a of a tablet that clicks into a keyboard and can transform from one thing to another that makes so much more sense to me than having a separate device for a tablet and a notebook and the idea of being able to upgrade one component when you when it tires you or when it wears out or when a better thing wow that makes such complete sense but I'm someone who does nothing but think about and write about technology every single working day and we are in a world in which you can lay down 179 dollars and replace an entire phone and make it great and does anybody really have that level of i wouldn't say sophistication there's that level of interest that all i want is a working phone and i'm perfectly fine with replacing the entire phone if that means that's how i get a better camera than what i had last year so all these things they're great concepts but maybe sometimes these are just great concepts for a one cons- one consumer named Andy Anatko, and it makes no- and it's just totally irrelevant for anybody else. I hope the listeners are nodding as well, and not as a precursor to dropping off asleep. <laughs> we can detect when your eyes are closed. We're going to end this podcast if you do. Stay awake. You know, honestly, this is a complete tangent, but some people listen to podcasts as they're falling asleep. They set their sleep timer. You know, they put on someone like us, and apparently we put them to sleep. <laughs> I'm not not sure how I feel about that. As long as we get credit for the playthrough, yeah. <laughs> as long as they're listening to the ad, okay. We we just get the, we don't we don't have to submit paperwork saying that they were not in REM sleep when they when we they heard the ad. So long as they we can prove they heard the ad. All right. So if you are asleep, wake up, wake up now. Did so, you say Ara? If, if you, you are, are asleep, oh, asleep. don't stay asleep till 2016. <laughs> because boy, have we got a deal for you? Because this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your site today if you're not asleep at squarespace.com. You just need to offer the offer. You need to enter the offer code material and you'll get 10% off at checkout. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. Think about it. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better to build your website than, than Squarespace. You know, they give you all the power, all the tools to take away all the pain points that normally come with um, you know, building a website. You've got hosting, you've got scaling. Um, and you don't have to worry about, you know, having an IT person that you need to call on or tinkering sort of with things yourself. Squarespace has it all laid out. They've got the professionally designed uh, templates that you can use. You know, there's no coding required. doesn't really matter what your uh, your skills are. They've got state-of-the-art technology to power your site as well. So, you know, it's going to be secure. It's going to be stable. And millions of people, you know, trust and, and use them, including, you know, some of the bigger brands that you think, oh, you know, wouldn't they have their internal department, you know, build that? No, they, they outsource it to Squarespace. Um, like I said, their site templates, they're stunning to look at. You've got responsive design, which means that no matter which device you look at it on, it's going to look good. So, you know, as people resize the window or they bring it up on their phone. And these are just some of the features, you know, they have. They've got 27 support, 24-7, sorry, support um, with live chat and email. So you can talk to people if you get stuck. Um, they've got a commerce platform, you know, if you want to sell stuff on there. And they've got, you know, rock solid fast hosting and so much more. You know, you really need to go to squarespace.com. Um, check out all the different things that are in there. And the cool thing at the moment is if you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name and that'll allow you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans uh, start at just $8 a month. So you don't need a credit card. You can go to squarespace.com today. As I said, enter the offer code material. Um, You'll get 10% off and you'll support our show as well. And we'd really like to thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
So one of the cool new products that Google announced is OnHub, which is a new router, or it's a router for the new way to Wi-Fi, as they have uh, announced it. Um, so it actually is pretty neat. It seems like a pretty hefty device, and it comes with an app where you can control and set like uh, what you know which device you want to get more bandwidth with. With so in case like I'm recording right now, I would want my laptop, you know, and Skype to be getting the best uh, a speed. It's Pretty cool. It even has a built-in speaker, which uses uh, ultrasonic communication uh, during setup, just like Chromecast, which is the same technology that the nearby team is using, which we discussed um, in an earlier episode, which is pretty neat. Supposedly, the speaker is only used for this setup and that it's not created to actually be a speaker for you to listen to music. But um, I don't know. I do you think they would add the speaker to this only well, for see, that I, purpose? I, I've got I've got the um, if you go to on.google.com/hub, there's a, a specifications table, and I keep looking to see does it have any kind of a microphone built into it? Because the first thing it, it's it it's a uh, seven and a half inches tall. It's about four and a half inches in diameter. So if you put this next to a uh, Amazon Echo. It wouldn't look dissimilar. It also has a, a, a the the top seam of this ring is illuminated with a tricolor LED, so it can have different light effects to communicate back with you about what the network status is, whether it's downloading an update, stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's like I, I looked at those perforations, and a couple of things hit me. Number one being, oh, did the Nest Industrial Design Team design this? Because if you look at their smoke detector. It has that from the top. It looks has, it has that same sort of grill, sort of perforation. But apparently, this is not from the Nest team, which is not to say that people who are designing for Nest aren't also designing all kinds of things for Google. But it also made me think of okay, so Google, you're telling us that this is just a Wi-Fi, the uh, Wi-Fi uh, uh, base station, and so it's a router. Is it possible that it's also there so that it can accept Google Now commands? Uh, from anywhere in the room and give us information back through that. And so I was, yeah, after after reading about that uh, and I was thinking, okay, maybe maybe there'll be more that's going to be documented when they do a teardown of it. Uh, but uh, even in even in itself, it's a really cool idea for a design for why don't we just have use ultrasonic so that without any configure what's, configuration whatsoever, phones can find each other, devices can find each other. Um, I also thought there was one thing. One of the things at the top of the press release that I thought was really clever that if you look at this, this looks very pretty. It's a very good looking device, and that was an intentional choice. That I don't know where you people have your Wi-Fi routers, but I've got mine in the office. And it's on like a little table that's next to like right abuts a wall that has all the cable-y sort of stuff because it's an airport extreme. So it's not ugly, but it looks like a networking device. Whereas this, if their idea is that if it's somewhat pretty, maybe people are willing to not put it in a place of honor like a bowling trophy, but at least put it in the (laughs) middle of the room so that it won't have like walls blocking the propagation of the Wi-Fi signal. Um, and my, uh, my airport extreme doesn't have any problem going through walls, but then again, if it were in the middle of the office or in the middle of the room, maybe its power would not have to be quite so high and it wouldn't be possible for people outside, you know, to, uh, to be able to drive by and see, see what my, my Wi-Fi base station is. I mean, it is, it's, it's nice looking. I, I love the look of the app. Uh, it's, it's, uh, who ever, ever wants to use the web app? 
that like your Belkin base station comes in because it's like you've got two problems. Number one is to get your Xbox to have ac- access to the outside world. And the other one is, oh, man, now I have to use like Netscape 1.4 style interfaces <laughs> to, you know, open up ports here. Yeah, and that's, that's always been the two hardest things about setting up Wi-Fi. You know, it always amazes me that in the kind of bubble that we're in, like Wi-Fi is everywhere. Like n- none of us here would struggle to set up a Wi-Fi router. But then I, I go to all these other people, you know, who they've recently bought smartphones and they have computers and they, they want a connection to the internet. They know that much. And so back in the bad old days, you know, you'd plug in your, your modem straight to the back. But now people, you know, they don't want to do that. They've got tablets, they've got all these other things. And man, I spend so much of my life going to people's houses and they're like, um, we'd, we'd like to get this wireless thing, but we don't know how to do it. And so I had this with literally with my neighbors the other day, you know, I went over their house and they're like, we want a Wi-Fi thing. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it's called. We just want one. And so the first thing I did is open my laptop and there's a, there's a network called wireless. Um, it's full strength. And I'm like, you, you sure you don't have one already? And they're like, no, <laughs> definitely, definitely do not have wireless. Like we, we wouldn't, why would we buy that? We don't know what that is. <laughs> and so I walk over to their <laughs> their router and there it is and then you turn it over and sure enough on the bottom there's the default password and that's that's how it's set up because they had no idea that you know this thing had wi-fi or had a password and so what i'm hoping is if you know google and other companies start to make this super easy you know maybe you tap your phone on the top or your phone you know ultrasonic communicates with this thing it sets it up you know it sets it up securely as well because hopefully only things in that room you know can get access to it that maybe we can avoid you know some of these problems you know people can go out buy one of these, you know, plonk it down somewhere in the house, plug it into power, um, plug it into, you know, wherever your internet comes from. And hopefully that's the end of the story. Like um, I'm always a little bit sceptical as to how easy these things are, but if it really is, you know, as simple as they say it is, then yeah, I'm 100% for it, you know, because I think there are a whole group of people that really, really want good Wi-Fi connections in their house and just can't, you know, figure out how to set it up. Yeah, and I wonder if this is going to be kind of the future of the smart home, of how the smart home uh, connects. Because, you know, right now, like with a Nest thermostat, you have to type in your super long Wi-Fi password into the thermostat um, so you can hook it up. But, you know, if you had, say, NFC on your router that maybe your two devices could tap and set up, like that that would be easy. But you can't really do that with an item like a thermostat. So I wonder if uh, if they will be using kind of that ultrasonic communication to be the connecting point to make it easier for you to have your smart home. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how close you have to be, uh, to the router, but that would be pretty neat if yeah. you could just, and you could literally have all these boat. things talking to each other. Like you imagine if one yeah. talks to the next one, talks to the next one and they all kind of mesh together and, you know, suddenly you've got a home network. It also has uh, weave built into it, which is the new internet of things, kind of a network that Google, um, introduced at IO and it actually Nest uses kind of the weave, um, protocol and it's actually using that same setup. So I think that this OnHub could very much be kind of the, not just a router, but kind of the the future of Hub for um, Internet of Things for Google. So I'm kind of excited to see where, where it plays out. Yeah, and it's it's kind of curious too. I mean, this got me thinking about a whole bunch of different ways where uh, you ask yourself why Google wants to have their own Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi router. And one of them is exactly what you're talking about, that they have these standards for Internet of Things that one of the easiest ways to get support for it is to create support for it. Uh, and so this is a good test bed where if you uh, – maybe stealing a little bit of a page from Apple and saying that if you 
try to get everything with the same logo on it, you'll find that all these things are going to work great and all the new stuff that we release will always work on your setup first. Um, it got me thinking, uh, as I said, though, about like what if Roku decided that they wanted to make uh, a Wi-Fi router that's same same packaging as the Roku uh, uh, TV box, and it does all the cool stuff, everything you'd want a router to do. It supports all the standards. It's really, really fast. The software is really good, and it's really easy to do. But they would also have the freedom to create the ideal Wi-Fi base station for a Roku TV box to communicate with. Like if they wanted to say, God, if, if we... We, we're making this work great with streaming through existing Wi-Fi protocols, but if we could, like, we can't get the standards committee to push through this one thing that would be great for us. Well, guess what? We're going to wire this into the Roku Wi-Fi base station so that if you are happen to be connecting through one of our things, we can get we can make things work so much faster, which with so much less impact on on, on your on your other web traffic. Same thing for uh, we're uh, on. I was talking to other people about uh, Apple. Looks like is going to be coming up with a hardware update. A uh, massive hardware update to their Apple TV uh, after trying and failing to get all these TV network deals so they can open it up as a service plus a hardware. Now it looks like they're giving up on that. But just the ability to say, well, now we're going to have uh, a, we, we'll, we'll designate this as a computer that is always on, that can always respond to Siri, that can always uh, receive network commands from other apps, that can always uh, serve as a connection point for your iPhone and for your iPad and stuff like that. So it's a way, it might be a way of sneaking in support for future things where it'll as usual it's google so it'll work great with everything but maybe if you happen to be using a google brand wi-fi router it can do even greater -er things yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of data from things like youtube that you know shows the number of drop connections and you know transfer speeds that they're getting that works great with youtube right yeah exactly and 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 I, i wouldn't be surprised that um if half the time it's not your internet connection. So maybe, you know, you have decent sort of fast internet, but maybe your laptop is on the other side of the house and your router's under a table somewhere mm-hmm. and you're just not getting the throughput required. And, you know, that's making, you know, things like YouTube not as usable. That's making people less likely to go back and be like, oh, I want to I want to watch another video. You know, if your video is buffering all the time or if it drops, you know, down to two, 240, you know, or something like that, you'd be like, oh, this is no good. And... I do believe them. You know, they gave a statement to the Financial Times where they say, um, you know, we're not collecting data on your household to, you know, customise ads to you, which is the the first place, you know, people jump if you tell them Google. But they say they are collecting, you know, device and network performance, which I, this is the one case I, I kind of believe them because I think that's of real interest to them. If they can get the performance of your Wi-Fi in your house, you know, really solid and stable and fast, that's all their products rely on it. You know, you've got YouTube, you've got all the different, you know, services that they give you all rely on, a, you know, a good internet connection. And the better that internet connection is, you know, the more time you spend in Google, the the happier you are. And, of course, the more ads you see as well. Yeah. And even if they're not collecting information about you and even if they're not uh, using any information that collects to target ads, it's still valuable to have that sort of spy, spy in the sky about here is how YouTube videos propagate through a thousand houses, ten thousand houses, a hundred thousand houses, where they can learn about how people use the service and how many people are using it at the same time, 
again, not to learn things about you, but to say, oh, we had no idea that oftentimes we have four people streaming the exact same video at the exact same times in the same house. How can we make that a more attractive feature? Because we had no idea this was popular, but now we're learning from this magic box that we're charging 200 people, $200 for <laughs> <laughs> instead of giving them away for free, <laughs> which would be even more, what would, what would be most more suspicious than, hi, we're Google, we're giving you a device for free, plug it into your network, do it now. <laughs> Trust us, it's awesome. <laughs> I, that's the other interesting thing. I think I saw somewhere in the specs it had four gigabytes of storage, and there was some hints that that could potentially be used for, you know, caching of things like updates, but also potentially, like you say, Andy, if they, they're like, huh, oh, a lot of people want to watch this video, maybe they could pre-cache, you know, if one person watches it, it caches it for a certain amount of time, and when the other three people watch it, a boom, it's there. You know, four gigabytes is a decent amount of storage for that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's got a... a- pretty good like a qualcomm dual dual core processor on it so i mean every smart device has to have a good mobile processor in it but it does make you think about is there going to be a time in after a year or two where suddenly new features that we want appear on it that make it do more than just be a simple uh, simple router uh but maybe it's like you said earlier russell that the just if it's just an easier router to set up and configure I mean, I'm uh, I'm on Verizon FiOS when I'm really happy with the service, but it, this is not a small service. It's not unpopular. It's big. And still, if I want to connect one of the most popular video game systems in the entire world to it, it's not been told, oh, an Xbox. We have certainly heard of Microsoft, and we have definitely heard of the Xbox. Now that we've detected this on your network, we are actually going to configure it automatically without you having to go through any sort of a setup. Without you, just We will just simply have you acknowledge that you want this to work, and you want these five features to actually function. There's supposed to be universal plug-and-play, but you know you still have universal <laughs> plug-and-pray instead. Yeah, you imagine if every time you bought an appliance, it plugged into the PowerPoint. You have to do some kind of pairing process. You're like, enter your password. Oh, no, that's incorrect. You're like, oh, <laughs> flick this switch. And like, ah, oh, forget it. I'm never using this toaster again. I, I mean, I, I suppose I can just, you know, use my dad's old lighter and just use that to make the toast. <laughs> or, you know what? Frozen waffles taste good cold anyway. It's a hot day. I, I'll just suck on the frozen waffle. That's more, sucking on a frozen waffle is more pleasant than doing network maintenance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I definitely see that in technology. It goes in waves where something comes out and it's insanely complicated. You know, even Bluetooth is still kind of getting there. When that first came out, there was pairing codes and there's all yeah. these other things and you had to see each other. And you spend half an hour, you know, connecting your phone to your car. And these days, it's becoming a lot easier. Like we have a speaker in the office where you just tap your phone on the top of the speaker. And if it's an Android phone, boom, now you're Bluetooth paired to it. And I think yeah. the more of that, you know, we can get the better. It's just kind of a bummer that there's so few ports on this thing. Uh, it's a cool design where it's ta- it tapers uh, up at from the bottom to the top. You can actually pull it from the top and expose uh, Ethernet and USB. But we're talking about you get one connection to your uh, uh, one one connection to uh, up upstream to the internet. You get one Ethernet port to hardwire a copper device that it can control and take care of it, and one USB port. So we don't know a whole lot about what this device does yet. I'm, I, I imagine that you can plug a switch into that one, uh, one Ethernet port, and if you want to have a lot of copper running, uh, being controlled by this, I suppose. Um, devices, you'd like to think that you can, you know, connect a printer or stuff to that. I haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't, I, I've been, uh, I, I have the press release, and I, I didn't have early access to it, so it's not like I had an opportunity to ask questions of Google. I'm on, I'm on the reviews list for it. I've been told. Uh, but I haven't had, had a briefing on it yet. 
but so so much of the cool stuff of a of a Wi-Fi base station is the stuff that you discover the first day when you get it set up finally, uh, because it is a, it is a pretty device. I would not mind having this on a counter. I don't know if a lot of people would also not mind running an Ethernet cable from wherever the Ethernet comes out of their cable <laughs> box <laughs> and running it across the the carpet to the middle of the this flower vase. Uh, but in the end, you stop looking at it because all you all you're aware of is that. I can stream my videos. My Roku works. When I print something from any wireless device, it comes out of my HP printer in the office. Uh, so maybe something that's pretty is, again, something that people like us might think is a nice idea, but not something that ordinarily users, ordinary users even care about. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's funny. I think this is, this is the other interesting thing about this is whenever Google launches a piece of hardware, I always feel like the hardware is very, very beta. You know, either it's ugly or it has... A weird configuration or it's for like well, what is this for this is one of the the few products i've seen them launch that seems complete you know there's an entire beautiful website about it there's there's renderings there's pictures you know the thing looks really good it looks complete it looks like a fully formed idea and i'm just not used to seeing that from google i'm, I'm quite impressed <laughs> what have you done with google <laughs> this should really have launched one and a half months ago as just like a metal box or something with you know bits dangling out of it and now it should, you know, finally be here. But yeah, it's kind well, of unusual. It wasn't, you know, the design wasn't that hard to get. They just had to look at the Amazon Echo. So I guess you can't give <laughs> oh. them too much credit, Russell. <laughs> it's bigger, okay, guys. It's bigger than the Amazon <laughs> Echo. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will just say for the Australians among us, this is only available in the USA, which oh. I'm very disappointed about yet again. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 one of the. That, that that often comes up when you're talking about differences between Apple hardware and other hardware. That in it, here in the United States of America, we can say, "Oh, but why? You know, why can't Apple make a tablet that's as, that's as good as, as as the Kindle Fire? This that inexpensive." And then you can, if you want to defend the most richest and influential tech company in the world, <laughs> they need defending it. You can, they're the underdog. You can, yeah, you can say that. Well, they're they're building it for the entire world. Whereas Amazon can't even like ship these things to Canada yet. Yeah, we we don't even. <laughs> To have the Amazon anything here, I think even our store. Although, although is like, look, you, you, you're, we take a lot of bullets for you people. You never got the Fire Phone. We got the Fire Phone. <laughs> a lot of us had to deal with the Fire Phone. It's and like the, and the Facebook we phone. Were apparently, you guys yeah. got that as well. We we quarantined this crap. <laughs> I think we solved it. Why Google Plus never succeeded? They never came out with the Google Plus phone. Hmm. <gasps> oh. I I think they didn't pivot to the long tail of the hockey stick with using <laughs> social media and leveraging the social graph. You've you've got to skate to where the ball thing is is going, not where it's been. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. <laughs> I, I see. I see. You went to the same two-hour Ramada in some seminar that I paid five thousand dollars to attend. <laughs> it was well worth done. every penny. <laughs> I've I've learned some great gobbledygook. It's got me through a lot of meetings. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening to material and russell where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at rusty shelf and you can also find my blog at rustyshelf.org where there's a fun story about a, uh, a russian kid that stole my minecraft account sorry but, terrible accent should i do a spoiler alert no no spoilers no no okay well i need i need those page views for my non-existent ads <laughs> I, I haven't quite figured out how to monetize this because I paid to remove the advertising, but I, I feel like that's the next wave. You know, there's freemium and then there's just completely free and I'll figure it out later. And Andy, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me at the Chicago Sun-Times website, uh, or you can go to my website. You'll have to spell my last name, anatko.com, or my Twitter feed, which is just at anatko, which I try to link to stuff that I've written and posted. Hey, you did. speaking of which, did you end up uh, launching that site with the cool URL you were talking about? Uh, it. Uh, I am now there. There is a there's a top secret test site in which I am learning. <laughs> I, I'm basically uh, it's Easter egg I, listeners. I, you've got to find it. God, I've got to, I, Russell. I have so much respect for people who did who did uh, coding for a living because every I, I was trying to. I I know CSS. I know PHP. I'm not an, I'm not not enough that I could be hired to do any of those things. But in terms of I need to build something for the web for myself, and I have enough time that I can you know spend four days doing what anybody else would take two hours to do. I can do that. Nothing was working as I'm building this template and I'm building this daughter theme for this new WordPress site. Nothing is working, and I'm suddenly God. I was so sure that two plus two equals four, but it's telling me it's not. Like, uh, well, I'm not a professional. Maybe two plus maybe two plus two equals four. <laughs> like two years ago, the last time I built something like this. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just gonna and and so I, I went on to my Twitter feed thinking that I was going to see, well, is there someone that I can hire that would just, I can throw some code at, just give me some working code so I can see how this is properly done. And some very, very kind readers of mine said, well, let me take a look at it and said, no, this is exactly correct. Turned out there was a caching issue on the site. My, uh... my server was caching the old version of it and not letting me see the new versions that I was posting. And I'm saying, I'm not sure that I should blame myself for that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the, the, the site whose name shall not be named uh, will hopefully be open for business uh, soon. Yeah, excellent. Hopefully, our Thank listeners can hunt up. that down before the next show. And also, Andy, next time. I think time... it's, again, it's, it's, it's because this is a Google podcast, it is exposed to Google. And so <laughs> I, I am not unsure that someone can't Google and find this site. I've done nothing to hide it. Uh, there's, you can, any, any computer anywhere on the web can get at it. So yeah. if, and you, all, if you find see it, see if I, I can find it, it now. No. Also, next time, I think you need to use a cache. I think your problem was trying to put things in the cache. Like you, you can't you can't try and store your data and money. It just doesn't work. And by the way, we have been getting a couple of reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much for those. Uh, and I'd like to encourage you to leave even more of them. Uh, whatever it is you feel you need to say, by all means say. But realize that positive reviews help out this and any other podcast you review because uh, Apple uses that kind of the velocity of those kind of ratings to say, oh, maybe we should be promoting this more. So uh, if you have nice things to say about us, not that we're insisting that you do so, but saying that if if you're if you've if you've been saying I'm we, I'm meek and I'm bashful, I don't like expressing my feelings of uh, emotional gratitude or, pl- or pleasure to anybody else, you will be helping us out a lot by doing that uh, because that'll help us. Get Get more exposure and then more advertisers and then not cutching but a sound effect that we can actually afford the licensing fees for because we'll be making a lot more money cushing <laughs> cushing don't use that word it's not giving me fits of my own inadequacy i'm i'm barely able to say that this wasn't my fault but that's i've got such a tenuous grasp on that belief <laughs> yes, Yasmin, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter, and you can follow us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. And you can email us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material. And remember to keep your questions coming at hashtag askmaterial, and we'll answer them on the show. Until next time, stay in material. I was talking to somebody, and they said that I should buy a cache. Now, do I put that box on my network, or do I mail it to you and you plug that in? 
Um, and what cable should I send? Because I've got. <laughs> is that something I get on CD? Because I have a, my computer has a CD on it. I bought one. I asked them to have one with a CD yeah, do, on it. Do I burn you a plus R or a minus R? I can never figure out which one of those is, is the better one. No, no robots and no other people becoming developers. You should all become like doctors or dentists or lawyers or something much more honorable. No one should ever get into tech. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can't you can't see me shaking my head.